Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. The biggest pro football overlays in Vegas are back with $12 million in guaranteed prizes only at Circa Sports. With two ways to win and no rate. Circa Million with quarterly payouts and 100% payback. And Circa Survivor. Select one team each week with no point spread. Take in the big money with $12 million in guaranteed prizes. Enter in Vegas. Play from anywhere. Visit CircaSports.com for details. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hello and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas, the Hawaii Sports Radio Network as well. I'm joined as always by Brandon Deutsch and Mr. Jake Dicker. Guys, how we doing? Doing great today. It's a beautiful Monday wherever you are. And, uh... Can't wait to talk some talk some uh, sports today. Yeah, I'm doing well. Glad to be back in the studio. Um, just the three of us today, so it should be fun. I know. It's, it's so weird not to have a full house in uh-huh. here, right? It's kind of odd just that it's the three of us. Um, Rosh will be back tomorrow, and uh, so will Armand. But let's get to the headlines, because we got a lot of them. It's going to probably even span the next segment as well, spill over into the next segment. So let's go to the Circus Sports headline. Circus Millions and Circus Survivor Pro Football Contests are back with $12 million in guaranteed prizes. Visit CircusSports.com for details. Let's do this. Well, that's the whole entire world found out yesterday. Mr. Bill Russell is no longer with us. Um, RIP to Bill Russell. Guys, I just wanted to know your thoughts on his career. I know all of us didn't get to actually see him live and in action, but um, I just wanted to see your thoughts on his career and what he meant to the game of basketball for you guys. I mean, he was instrumental. Uh, He revolutionized defense, you know, as we see it today. He was interior and perimeterally, like, the best player in the NBA for that time period. He averaged over 20 points, per, uh, 20 rebounds per game in his career. He was dominant. He won a, a biggest winner in uh, basketball for sure, and probably team sports history. Perfect. Eleven professional, yeah, professional, sports. yeah, eleven championships. I know, like, he was the best player on that team. I know there's the argument that I make um, that you know he had Bob, he had Kuzi for part of that time. He had Sam Jones, he had Cowens for part of that time too. And it's like, yeah. I, but he's still the best player on that team, right? And he won 11 championships. And he had to deal with all the racism back in that time, too. And they were so racist to him. And he, he was an activist. He was a great human being. He was just what we what we want to see as an athlete, as fans. Just an inspiration in all facets of uh, him being a human being in general, not just on the court, but off the court as well. And it's just so sad. You know, it's sad. We're lucky we got, you know, Bill Russell for 88 years. Um, it's a blessing that he was able to be a part of basketball for this long and just just hats off to one of the greatest to ever play the game yeah i mean everyone knows what he did on the court off the court i mean as you said was playing at a time where you know the country was very racially divided especially the city he was playing in um very racially divided um to be able to do what he did off the court you know first african-american coach in nba history now over half the league going into this year um is led by african-american head coaches um, and, and you know, just it's he's been out of you know he played then he then he coached he seemed to be, he's been out of the NBA itself for the majority of his adult life but it still seems like he was such 
an important presence around the game. Yeah, if you look at who he has, like, who he's influenced and who he's talked to, right, throughout those 88 years, um, post his NBA career and post his coaching career, I mean, he's he had interviews and just heart-to-hearts with some other major legends, Kobe Bryant, uh, Matt Johnson, I mean, the the list can go the list can go on and on and on, right? Um, of who he's influenced in that game. So I mean, and it, and you're right, especially during a time that was divided. It's still divided. You know, we're still a country that's divided. We're still nobody's gonna be perfect. Like I defy you to find a country that's perfect right now. Um, and I would none of them are. Yeah, exactly. By the way. So, no, absolutely. So you know what he's trying to do um, for fu- what he tried to do for future generations is monumental. It's instrumental. It's it, it can't really be defined, right? Like you can't really. You can just appreciate it. You can just sit back and appreciate it. So, yeah, um, RIP to Mr. Bill Russell, and especially talk about racism. I mean, been to Boston. If you've ever been to Boston as a black person, I've definitely um, experienced that. Look what LeBron said. Yeah, no, I mean, it's not even. It's not even what LeBron said. It's everybody prior to him too. Of course. Yeah, and don't be wrong. I get it. Like you know, they love Big Poppy out there, and I get that because if you win titles for them, they will give you a little bit of a pass. But he did, and they still hated on him. 11 rings. You win 11 championships for the city of Boston, and you still get all the smoke and all the hate from those people, which is boggles my mind. Now, yeah. now they're giving now they're giving him his due and his props that he's gone. Well, real basketball fans know his impact, and real basketball fans don't care what, what color of his skin is. I mean, this is just ignorant people. There's always been ignorant people. It's not just Boston. It's around the league. Like, There's always going to be people like that. You know, yeah, which is really, really sad. Sad, but, but it's just the truth. Yeah, and there was definitely more back then, right? Because it was considered Absolutely. quote. You know, there wasn't as it was more quote acceptable quote unquote. It's still a very racist time, less so than today. Yeah, uh, and also I think over there the racism is definitely a little bit lesser. Like it's not just out in front, blatantly in front of your face kind of thing, as opposed to back back then, right? Hundred percent, hundred percent. A lot of people hold it in because you know cancel culture and stuff. Absolutely, absolutely. Well. Mr. Bill Russell, you're appreciated on the Arash Markazi show. Um, you will be gladly, massively missed. Um, moving forward to Deshaun Watson getting suspended for six games for violating the NFL's personal conduct policy after all of the allegations against him. What do you guys think about the suspension? And is it too long? Not enough? Just right? Um, I kind of knew the NFL would do this. Uh, it's too short. Um, I thought I, I knew I knew he would play some of the games this year. Um, I was kind of hoping he would sit out the whole year, kind of be disciplined for for what he did. I know it's it's hard. There's nothing confirmed, right? He was let off based on those allegations against him. His his lawyer Rusty Harden is also it's important to note the best lawyer in all of Texas, um, and you know he he did his work he went to work i don't think if watson had any other lawyer he'd be completely off from these allegations right now like he is i think that's kind of what led to this six game versus a 12 game suspension but i think at the end of the day when you have this many women um and allegations against you i think watson did do something wrong i think there was sexual misconduct i don't think there's any denying that unless you you guys are under the impression that 50 women or whatever came in and was like oh yeah we're just going to go after Deshaun Watson. No, he's he's a creepy dude. I mean, he was in he was in there doing creepy stuff and he's going to get off for it. And this is the, the NFL always does this. It's like with Kareem Hunt, Kareem Hunt still in the league. Like if you in my opinion, if you beat a woman, 
you're out of the league forever. Baseball, football, I don't care what sport, you put lay your hands on a woman and you know beat the crap out of her, you're out of the league for life, in my opinion. There's no morals in the NFL. This always happens, always happens. There's no morals. It's a money-making business. And guess what? Deshaun Watson is a top 10 quarterback and possibly a top five quarterback when he plays. So of course he's going to get let off. This is society in general. You look at it in the college landscape too. If there's rape allegations towards a star quarterback, what usually happens? He gets away with it, right? I mean, it's just screwed up the world we live in. But, you know, it's it's everything's about that dollar. It's about, you know, Uncle Sam. As long as you're making the big bucks, making money, it's cool. You can do whatever you want. It sets a bad precedent for, for the future. And it's just, it's really sad to see the NFL do this. Yeah, I mean, the NFL, or I guess the NFL, I guess the Cleveland Browns put themselves in a spot where when they put the, in his contract where if he was going to get suspended it wasn't really going to affect his his five-year contract and he was just going to lose something like three hundred forty-five thousand dollars, um being suspended for six games i mean calvin ridley got a, a full year yeah for, for gambling, gambling and then De- trevor bauer two years that he wasn't involved in it's just i don't know i don't know what the legal proceedings of this look like i don't know exactly what the allegations are if i'm being honest with you but there's what 50 something 20 at least 25 well actually suits but like 60 allegations right i mean yeah you gotta think i mean if it walks like a duck and quacks like a duck it's a duck right i mean it it just doesn't see it sets a bad really bad president um around the league josh gordon over his career has gone 26 games 25 plus games yeah come on you know, drug policy from marijuana. Ridiculous. It, it's just, I, I don't like it at all. Yeah, I, I you're, al- you're also like, um, you're alienating certain people too, right? Like, exactly. Certain, certain people that are going to w- be watching the game would have watched the game automatically, and now, like, I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of other people that are like, are you kidding me? Like, only six games? I mean, that's the screwed up thing about it. The NFL is always about making money. And I think that's most sports, but most sports leagues at the same time, they're they're still king, right? With the ratings, regardless of what they do, they could put up 10 10 convicted murderers out there on the field and people would still watch and they'd get 100 million views. Like that's just the NFL. It's a product and people like to watch it. I don't think that's going to really have a dip in the ratings. Yeah, I I found numbers on on what I was talking about about, uh, on his contract. On his previous contract, if he was suspended for six games, he would have lost uh, over $11.5 million. With this provision that the Browns put into this contract, he's going to lose $345,000 because his base salary... Is is very what a joke very too, thin, and then they they just signing bonus and, and what a joke. The rest How of the desperate do you have to be do to be uh, so, be to the win? Brown, the Browns knew this was gonna. I mean, they all knew this was gonna happen, right? Yeah. You don't put that in. Yeah, it, it's it's just not a good situation around at all. I um, mean, that also makes them look really bad. Like, oh yeah, no, they look they look there. terrible. Cleveland, Cleveland, yeah. Cleveland didn't do themselves any favors here, no. giving him guaranteed yeah. however much money. Is I don't and there was really how much his contracts for, but in the middle of of all of this, right? Usually, I feel like a team let this play itself out, then decide. I mean, if you want to trade for him, trade for him. If you don't, I mean, you don't have to extend him right away, right? Quick question for you: Do you think that there was like some? Because there's always like an insider, or always somebody like there, like tripping in somebody's ear in the organization. Because like they have to know this stuff, right? They have to do their due diligence and know these things. Do you think that there was somebody like inside being like, "Look, this is gonna blow over. He's not gonna get that much of a suspension. He's only gonna get this. Please put this definitely. in contract." Definitely. Dot 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 dot. Definitely. Dot. I once think so. Once he got off, when, right? Once right. he got off in court, and it was like, "Yo, like, like official." Yeah. yeah. Once it was official at most he was getting six games 
you know i mean what what do you what do you guys think would have been a appropriate yeah, you know, suspension, whatever. At whatever least punishment. a year. At least a year. Am I wrong? No, that's probably my thought. I don't. As I said, I don't know exactly. Like, I don't. I don't know. I don't think Deshaun Watson's like a violent, angry dude. I think he's a creepy dude. Yeah, yeah. Dude, it's, like, he did creepy things he shouldn't have done. Positions. Exactly. Exactly. Um. So I mean, yeah. If everything, if there's that many people coming out, not including the ones that he's paid off that we don't know about. Yeah. You got I think you got to go a year. You how do you give Calvin Ridley a year for legally gambling on a game that he was not involved in? Oh, and hold on. He only put like what? $20 on that yeah, game? It was, it some, was, some yeah, it was some ridiculous involved, like that. Nothing. Was it stupid? Yes, cuz it violated policies. But he should not have been suspended for a year. It's ridiculous. Well, and with that being said, do you think that now due to the fact that a lot of states have, you know, passed gambling laws where like you can legally bet online, etc. Do you think that the NFL should be like, no, we're good. You guys can now start gambling. Oh, definitely not. It doesn't matter. It sets a bad precedent. If you, then I, everyone's going to start gambling on games and throwing games. So Everybody already is. But if you let it if you, think if you let it happen in the open more, it's a problem. I'm just saying Calvin Ridley should have gotten suspended, but not that many games. I think, <laughs> I, I think that everything should be out in the open and uh, like out there really? for everybody. Like Wild yeah, West. Man. No, not even just the Wild West. Just more like everything being out there. But then you're giving more to the conspiracy theorists that say the games are rigged anyways. Well, who cares about the conspiracy theorists? Like, at least everything's out there. Well, now they have a valid argument. They're like, Kyler Murray's going to just intentionally throw an interception at this point. He's getting paid $100,000 to bet on himself. You know what I'm saying? What I was saying was that the policy should be that, like, if you are not involved in this game, if you are not, like, a... If you and the, and granted this is a slippery slope, but I totally understand that that aspect and that point of view. But if you are not involved in said game, um, go ahead and and bet on. You know, if you're not playing for Arizona and Jacksonville, go ahead and bet on that game. And by the way, they're so they're betting on games. They're just doing it via. Oh, I'm somebody sure. It, else. I'm sure it happens. But oh you can't, yeah, you but can't, you can't just you can't let it go let out in the yeah. open. And it's just such a slippery slope, Jihei. As as no, you know. I, and I get and I get that. I get that it's a slippery slope, and that I get that it, it, this is like the NIL. It's like the Wild Wild West, where like you don't know like how much these kids are going to be able to get paid, and there's no cap and etc. and all that stuff. Like there's always going to be that, but like. No, you. Everyone, everyone least, knows each other, though, right? If I, if if you're on one team in the league, Brandon, and I'm on another, and I send you a text night before the game, I'm like, hey, I got a lot of money on your under rushing yards. Let's let's roll an ankle in the first quarter. By right? the way, they, they, <laughs> please, there's there's already there's already tons of that already had happened years before. Sh- point shaving has already happened. Yeah, it's true. I mean, it's it. At least this way, it's like, well, you know what? We all know that the under is definitely going to happen now because so and so just yeah, bet on like, X about on it. I don't ever, I don't ever see that that happening. No, neither no, do I. No, I don't see it happening. I'm just saying that like it would be, it, it would be more out in the it open. Would be, <laughs> than, be something. It, no, definitely. Well, moving on. James Outman went three and four in this MLB in his MLB debut as the Dodgers cruised to a seven to three victory and a series win over the Rockies. Tony Gonsolin pitched well for playing at Coors Field and the Dodgers continue to win the majority of their games guys as of late other than you know losing two out of three to the Nationals god that that hurt um even Craig Kimbrell by the way pitched a scoreless ninth inning what are your expectations for the Dodgers ahead of tomorrow's trade line trade deadline sorry 
Oh, I know they made the move for Chris Martin. Um, who knows how that's going to be. Obviously, I think he'll pitch better with the Dodgers. Everyone does pitch better with the Dodgers. They've got great player development and pitching coordinators, pitching coaches. So, I mean, look, I, I think they made that, that pen move that they're going to make. I don't think they make another move in the pen. I know Jake probably disagrees with me on that. But I strongly like, disagree with that. I, I don't <laughs> think they do. I mean, when has Friedman ever traded for a high-end reliever at the trade deadline? I don't know if it's going to be a high-end reliever, but I do think. I mean, that yeah, they could make another, yeah, another another guy like let's say another Chris Martin type of guy. Yeah, yeah, of course. But I'm saying oh, high oh, end, oh, high major. end. I mean, I don't know what the asking price is on a guy like David Bednar, but if if the price is right there, I could totally see them going out and getting. What about him. Josh Hader? I don't. <laughs> are they, are they, are they moving Josh Hader? I haven't. They're I, listening, I according to reports. I hadn't heard anything about that. Um, I don't think it's serious, though. It's kind of like the Shohei stuff, but I know we disagree. I know you think Shohei's getting moved. I kind of almost. A, I, I'm almost 100 percent sure Shohei doesn't get moved by the deadline. Yeah, I don't. So I was much more optimistic that the Dodgers were going to make a big move before the Luis Castillo trade to to Seattle. Um, the Mariners got. The number one, yeah, I know. Three, Ridiculous. The Reds, got, the Reds got the Mariners one, three, and five prospects. Yep. This ruined um, the market. It ruined the market. Yeah. So the Dodgers at that point were not very happy. The Nationals were throwing a party because that just inflated <laughs> what you can get for Juan Soto. Same with the same Angels. with Shohei Otani. If the Angels are going to move Otani at some point, which I think they have to do, because I don't think that they're going to keep him after this contract is up. I don't think that they're going to be contenders next year. The farm system is the worst in baseball. No one on the no one on the uh, major league roster can stay healthy. The pitching's not there. I don't think he signs another contract with the with the Angels. And you can't lose him for nothing. So if you're going to trade him at some point, you're never going to get more for him than you are right now. Given what the given what the Reds just got for Luis Castillo, given you know this expanded playoff more teams feel like they're in the mix that can make a playoff push you're gonna you can get major league talent you can get if you can get three out of five but, top five prospects for castillo you can get four out of five plus probably two in the five through ten range for for otani yeah. i think you have to but do the it. angels look so from the angels perspective are you ever going to get true value for otani in a trade no but you can't lose you can't lose him for nothing I think there's a possibility, and you know, I'm. It wouldn't surprise me if the Angels did it because the Angels front office just. Well, the front office, I feel like, wants to trade him. Artie Moreno doesn't want to have Shohei traded. He makes so much money off Shohei. In fact, guess what? How much money he makes if he keeps him the rest of the season, trades him in the offseason before arbitration. He'd keep him the rest of the year and make all that marketing deals and then trade him in the offseason. It's way more likely that Otani's traded in the offseason than by tomorrow. However, the biggest haul they're going to get has to come tomorrow, right? Because teams are going to want to contend. Padres would give up a King's Ransom. They'd give up. I mean, I'm not high in Abrams. I don't think he's shown anything, but like Robert Hassel's a beast. It's a prospect. They'd get a catcher in Campiano. Campy, you know, Mm -hmm. he's great. Mackenzie Gore, they definitely get a couple guys like that, a couple pitching prospects. I I think like I I think that's probably the best deal you're going to get, honestly. Yeah, I mean, Bob Nightingale, take it it for what you will, on on a Juan Soto deal, said uh, earlier this morning on Twitter that while the Padres, Dodgers, um, and Cardinals remain squarely in the hunt, the Nationals are making it clear to teams that if no one meets their their price, they're not going to move. It's a KD situation, huh? So, yeah. The Dodgers, the Dodgers, we said it on the show, can make the move if they want to. The Padres seem to be the most aggressive. I mean, we've seen Preller be very I, aggressive on the trade market before. Wouldn't surprise me at all. But I don't know. 
I, I just don't know how much you're going to have to give up for one of these I guys. think the Dodgers are in third place in the spitting war right now. I mean, from what I've heard, the Cardinals are giving up the most talent on the big league roster. That's including Carlson and, and Gorman. Do- the Dodgers are nowhere near the Padres farm offer, apparently. So, like, if the Dodgers are in third place, like, what are you going to do? I mean, they can't. Honestly, they don't have as much to give as the as the Padres and Cardinals. I don't think I think they have as much to give if they if they were in a spot where they needed to make the trade they have they have what they need to make it they're happen. They're just not. They're probably they just, just not don't willing to have do that. To. Yeah. They, they don't, don't have, have to. to, and they've got a lot of depth. And it's like I feel like Cartaya has to be traded at some point because he got Will Smith for like ten years, right? You're gonna have him for yeah. The DH kind of changes things there, but I don't necessarily disagree with you. You know what I'm saying? If like that's a guy you can get a lot of value for, especially when Alvarez gets called up for the Mets, then he's the top catching prospect, right? Yeah, he'll be the top catching prospect because Moreno will be called up too right. soon. So I mean, look, you kind of but Lux is playing so well, and you got Outman. It's it's not like you need to get Juan Soto. You know what I mean? To contend like they they'll be a World Series favorite this year, regardless. For sure. For sure. Yeah, no, I mean, again, like like you said, Jake, like they don't need, right? They don't need to, in order to be contenders, they don't need to give away anything or they don't, you know, n- none of this is really truly necessary necessary for the Dodgers, right? That's probably also why they're in third place in the running um, for Soto. Well, let's leave it there for now. When we come back, we're going to continue to cover today's headlines when we come back here on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio, 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. The biggest pro football overlays in Vegas are back with 12 million in guaranteed prizes only at Circa Sports with two ways to win and no rate. Circa Million with quarterly payouts and 100% payback. And Circa Survivor. Select one team each week with no point spread. Take in the big money with 12 million in guaranteed prizes. Enter in Vegas, play from anywhere. Visit CircaSports.com for details. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Welcome back, guys, to the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California. 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network on 95.1 FM and 760 AM again in Hawaii. Just as a reminder, if you have a question or a comment or just want to win tickets to an upcoming game in LA, Vegas, or Hawaii, call our hotline at 310-400-0340. Again, that number is 310-400-0340. Also, don't forget to email us at Show at gmail.com. That is all lowercase A-R-A-S-H-M-A-R-K-A-Z-I-S-H-O-W at gmail.com. Okay, let's go to, instead of the Circus Sports Guest Hotline, we're going to go to the Circa Sports um, Headlines uh, Network, and uh, we're going to continue on with our uh, coverage of the headlines. Circa Millions and Circa Survivor Pro Football Contest with $12 million guaranteed prizes are back. Visit CircaSports.com. Guys, 
we talked about the Nationals um, earlier on in the or later on in the last segment. Um, if the Nationals decide to trade the infamous Juan Soto sweepstakes is now down to the three teams that we said before, the Dodgers, Padres, and Cardinals as the MLB trade line is tomorrow. Who ends up with the generational talent? I'm going to say the Padres. Sorry, I was yawning for a second. I'm going to say the Padres. <laughs> you know, I think they have the best package. They do. I'm, I'm really high on Robert Hassel. I know he's ranked as the 30th overall prospect. I think he's a top 10 or 5 MLB prospect. His hit tool is almost a 75. He can run. He has some power. I like him as the centerpiece of that deal. And then they can get some. They can give some MLB talent, too, with, uh, you know, C.J. Abrams, who's been back and forth from AAA, former top prospect. Same with uh, Mackenzie Gore. They could get some depth, too. Give Campiano, catcher. They can, I mean, although the Nats don't need a catcher, they got Kyber Ruiz, so they really don't need a Cartaya or a Campiano. But at the same time, I think the Padres have the best shot to get him. I think the Cardinals... You know, they, they can give Jordan Walker, Nolan Gorman, Dylan Carlson, Libertor, and a couple others. But to me, that's not as enticing, as good as Jordan Walker is as a Padres deal. And then the Dodgers, I mean, they can give Lux, May, Cartaya, Pagues, and others, other prospects, Gavin Stone, maybe maybe even Bobby Miller. Um, although I don't think they include Bobby Miller in, in a deal for Juan Soto. They might. That could move the needle. I don't think they've offered Bobby Miller. I think if they put him in that deal, maybe. But I think the Do- I don't think the Dodgers should add Bobby Miller in that deal because I think he's their future ace, right? You kind of have to bet on him coming up and just dominating. I mean, he struck out Mike Trout and Shohei Otani in the in the preseason game. This this guy's going to be legit. I think they could go and get Soto. I do agree with Jake. I think the Dodgers could add Bobby Miller and add a couple more guys to get Soto. But at this point, I don't know if and if a deal happens for Soto, and I certainly don't think a deal happens for Otani by tomorrow. I'm I'm gonna kind of give a boring answer here and go with whichever team is the most desperate. Um, I think that's the Padres. I, think, I, I I do think it's the Padres out of the three. But I think I, I, any of these teams can make a deal work, right? All these guys have enough. You know, the Cardinals and Dodgers are both top three farm systems in the league. Padres are probably a top ten farm system in the league. And they have enough. They're all they're all competitors, right? So they have enough major league talent. Where if that's going to move the needle, they can afford to give that up as well. So my guess, if it's going to be one of those three teams, my my gut tells me it's the Padres. Yeah, just because I, I think Preller has shown over the years that he's the most willing to make the big splash, just kind of for the sake of making the big splash. Um, I think Friedman knows when to make the big splash if he needs to, isn't necessarily a guy who's going to jeopardize the farm four. And also, the Dodgers have been very hesitant over the last decade to to tie up themselves in big money long-term contracts. And they did it with Mookie Betts, and they somewhat did it with Freddie Freeman. I know it's a much shorter deal than Mookie's is, but it's it's still a significant number of years. You can't trade for a guy like Juan Soto if you don't, have the intention of extending him for the next 13 to 15 exactly. years. Exactly, yeah. And given how reluctant they've been to do that in the past, I don't know if they're going to be willing to do it um, to, with two guys at the same time. If you're going to do it, doing it with Mookie Betts and Juan Soto are the, probably the right guys to do it with. But I, I, I don't see Friedman being so willing to you know, add a guy that he doesn't want to add to a deal, whether it's a Dustin May or a Gavin Lux or... If you know if if Washington wants major league talent, he's not ready to give up on Cody Bellinger. Like it just depends. I don't think he's well. And who's going to take Cody? No offense to Cody, but like who's going to take Cody? Him? Had a, I'm, I'll, I'll tell you this: Cody had a terrible year last year, and then was second on the team in OPS in the playoffs. 
He shows up. He does when show it up matters. in the postseason. And he's he's, he's arguably the best defensive, you know, outfielder the national, there is. The Nationals, if if they're getting a bunch of prospects and they're and they're taking some major league talent, they would take Cody Bellinger for sure. Um, especially because he's not. They don't have to pay him. He has one arbitration year left. Um, then he can walk. So. It just it just depends on on what they're willing to take. But that uh, that also sounds like that's not going to behoove their situation, right? That's not going to behoove the not the Nat situation if they do take Cody. That wouldn't make any right. sense. Right? No, that's why that's why I mean it's it's going to be a lot of prospects, and it's going to be I don't know how much controllable major league talent they're going to get unless it's a Gavin Lux or a guy like Dustin May, who I really really hope they don't trade Dustin May. Like I am a firm believer that Dustin May is going to win a Cy Young at some point in his MLB career. Like just his, it's got the stuff. Just his pure stuff. He's got to stay is, healthy. Is yeah, I mean he does have to stay healthy. Everyone has to stay healthy. But I think coming off of off of Tommy John surgery, I think he's in a good he's in a good spot and he looks good. He looks good off the mound. He's been he's made two rehab starts now. I'm th- I think he's got another one coming up. Um, only worked up right now to three four innings. But I, I'm gonna be really upset if they trade that guy. When what's your predict? When's your prediction for him to win um, like a Cy? Oh, what are we? 2025. 2025. Yeah, 2025, 2026. I think Miller Miller's the guy that's gonna win a Cy Young for you. I would. I'll, if, if one of those the two wins a Cy Young, <laughs> I'll tell you I, who I don't won't. Really whose stuff is diminishing is. every year, and this is a hot take. But Bueller, I don't think they should extend. Him. I gotta see how he comes back off this injury. I Doesn't mean, matter his stuff. This is no his stuff's his stuff's electric. His, I won't. I won't. Not as much as it was two years ago. There's data to back it up. You look up his TrackMan data. No, I, I'm sure. I'm sure you're right. But he's also been dealing with this this elbow issue for a for while, a while now. Yeah. If they can finally get this under control and get, you know, I, I'm not out. I'm definitely not out. Well, he's still Taylor. a great pitcher, regardless of if, you know he's been in the league. He now has experience. He is still he's he's an elect he's an electric slider. Everyone knows that. Like, still gonna be a great pitcher nonetheless. I'm just saying, if you got to extend Trey. You know, and you got to extend other guys. Yeah, no, the uh, Dodgers have put themselves in a really good spot, but they also put themselves in a spot where they're going to have to make some really tough decisions over the next two or three off seasons. Hundred percent. It started, it started with Seager. Yeah, it started yeah, with yeah. Seager. It started. I think that was the right move, though. Yeah, I agree. I didn't love it at the time, but I think I think looking back on it now, it was, it was the right move. The right move. It was definitely the right. Move. Um, he doesn't deserve three thirty. Yeah, I mean, he got paid a lot of money. They, the Texas Rangers, paid him and Marcus Semyon a lot of money. And I mean, Semyon hasn't been is a, has been a shell of what he was last year. Well, he's been he's starting to figure it recently. out. He's starting to figure it out, but he started the year really poorly. Well, isn't that also because when you do go to another team, you got to adjust to their system, you have to adjust everything else over there. Yeah, but as it's well? it's not like it's some not guys like have smooth transitions where you're where you're learning a whole new system. I mean, you still just got to go up there and hit, right? I mean, yeah, like Trey Turner came to the Dodgers and dominated. You know, yeah. like. Like, I, I, like, bas- Scherzer, like basketball like, and football, it's more like baseball is an individual team sport. Like y- everything you're doing, it's it's why guys get traded and they're in the starting lineup on a team the next day. It's just like go up there. If you're in the, if you're in the outfield, make the play. If the ball hits you, it's short. I mean, you know what to do with the ball. It's it's like that's it's why Ben Attendee ball, was right? batting batting yeah. third for the Yankees the yeah. day after. No. Um, do you, uh, Gia, you want to talk about Debo? Oh yeah, do you guys want to move on from this? You we can, we can, move, we, can <laughs> we can go to Debo. <laughs> okay. I know Brandon will never pass up an opportunity to talk about Debo. I know. On this show. Oh, my guy. Or any of the Niners. Um, well, Debo Samuel signed a three-year, seventy-three-point-five million-dollar contract extension with a fifty-eight-point-one million guarantee because that is key. <laughs> that guaranteed money. Was this an underpay, guys? An overpay or just 
right for the Niners. Is that Super Gremlin playing in the background? Coming <laughs> coming through the tunnel, Debo Samuel, uh, putting on the map. No, I mean he's he's their he's their guy. He was a one man team in the playoffs last year. I think he came to the understanding, this is what we talked about in the past, that if he went to the Jets or someone paid him a lot of money, he would he would I wouldn't say he'd be a shell of the player he was, but he'd be good, but he wouldn't be Debo Samuel. I think Kyle Shanahan's offense makes Debo Samuel Debo Samuel. Um, and I do think this is a team friendly deal. I know Jake disagrees with me, but once DK got paid seventy two million, um, and I do think DK is I, I don't think that's a complete overpay for DK. I think DK's talent he has the talent to become the best receiver in the NFL. Don't know if it'll happen considering his quarterback is Drew Locke or Geno Smith, especially this season. But I do think since Debo, we had this conversation, is Debo going to play wide receiver, running back, both? I mean, if he plays both, this is an absolute steal. If he has any snaps at the running back position, yeah, he might never have as good of a season as last year. At the same time, I thought he'd get $100 million, $110 million for four years. I thought, I thought he'd be the highest paid wide receiver in the league. I have a quick question for you guys because this, uh, it, th- I'm not saying that this is going to happen, but this is a possibility of happening. You know when Flacco got that big, huge contract? Yeah. Right after the, after that Super Bowl mm-hmm. win, do you think that that might possibly? And then he de- like his career went on the decline no. after that. So you don't think this is going to happen to Debo? No, because 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 I know Jake will agree with me here. I think Trey Lance opens the field much more for Debo Samuel. I think Jimmy Garoppolo is getting him on the on the you know the slants, the 15 yarders. Trey Lance can now throw him the deep ball, which Debo really hasn't shown the past couple of years. He's had to do a lot by himself getting open, you know hurtling over defenders, juking them to get more yards. I mean, we're putting a lot of stock in a kid that hasn't even touched the field yet professionally in like a Well, I'm just saying, like, just just based on talent. You said the same thing, but everyone said the same thing about Josh Allen. I'm not saying Trey Lance is going to be Josh Allen, but Josh Allen had had gotten better every single year. I don't know exactly what we're getting with Trey Lance, but I know that he's, I mean, Jimmy's a game manager, right? I know he brings a little bit more than that. The offense will be definitely going to be a little bit more dynamic. Um, given what Trey's able to do with the ball. In, in terms of Debo, I know we talked about it last night. Yeah. Um, so th- this, this entire contract was, was based around what DK got, right? So he was never going to take less than what DK got. Based on average annual value, DK's getting $24 million a year. Now Debo's getting $24.5, which makes him the sixth highest paid wide receiver in the league mm-hmm. behind Tyreek Hill, who's making $30 million, Devontae Adams, $28 million, DeAndre Hopkins, Cooper Cup, and A.J. Brown. Right. So in just terms of pure receiving, I have no issue of him being the number six paid receiver behind those five guys. By the way, four of those guys or five of those guys, four of those guys, everyone except DeAndre Hopkins coming into this offseason. DeAndre Hopkins was the only wide receiver in the league making upwards of twenty four million dollars. So now there's, got, now there's yeah. eight of them because Hill, Adams, Cup, A.J. Brown, Debo, Stephon Diggs and D.K. all signed new contracts. Well, Hill's an overpay, but like I'm just going going back to the Debo thing. He brings so much to the table and i think because of his versatility he's got to take a toll on his body at some point i know and he's gonna have less that's why he wants that he's gonna have less yeah and he's gonna have less snaps at the running back position there's no denying that but just from like pure what he's able to do on the jet sweep because he'll still do a ton of jet sweeps he'll still do a ton of like creating for himself this is their guy i think this is a a fleece by the 49ers i think he was gonna i thought he could have asked for way more and gotten way more i really do i really just because of what he brings to the table and i think people were surprised you know jake wasn't surprised and most people that like understand contracts um like like jake and i 
you know, a lot of people weren't surprised because of that, because there hasn't really been a deal like this. But at the same time, Debo had a season that really wasn't replicated by anyone in the history of the game. And I know he won't continue to do that, but I think he could have demanded three years, 80 to $85 million and maybe four years, 100, 110. I think he's worth 75. I mean, I don't, I don't know if he'd, he'd be worth a hundred, but he's worth. He's I mean, he brings more than t- more, more to the table than any wide receiver in the league. You know, I just mean, what he's able to do in in that offense. I, but again, like you said, like I mean, the coach makes all the difference, man. Like if yes. he would, he wouldn't yes. be anywhere if he wasn't getting any of those touches from you know, from his coach. So it. Is this an underpaid over? I think this is just right for the for the Niners and for him. Yeah, I think I, this is the as just I said right last payment. night, I think he got paid just right. And I think DK was overpaid. I don't think DK I was think, overpaid. Yeah, <laughs> I think DK's talent wise is like one of the most physical specimen DK's like athletes in the only, world. Op, their only option right now. I mean, right? Tyler Lockett's there, but like anybody who says Tyler Lockett's better than DK, like go watch the game and how DK like completely changes the dynamic of the game. He's I one of them. Look at him. Like, like come Tyler on. Tyler Lockett like, had like a, a very good chemistry thing going on with Russell Wilson. Yeah, dude, DK's the number one guy. Yeah. The also, problem is, dude, like you can't. When are you going to draft DK in fantasy? Because he has no quarterback passes him. Poor DK is going to get drilled out there this year. Um, <laughs> he won't get many touches. Also, just really quickly, just popped up on my phone. John Heyman just tweeted, breaking Angels have decided to keep Shohei Otani. Of course, told you. Teams that, Yankees among teams to make an offer, but as of now, Otani will stay. Told you. I haven't read the article. It's I knew that was going to happen. It is a New York Post article. Um, well, take it I, with a grain I, of salt. I was going to say, I know your, I know your <laughs> thoughts there, but but that, that, has, that has come out. I mean, yeah. I knew that was going to happen. I was going to say that doesn't really does that really shock any of us? No, I think Man. they're going to do something extremely risky and try and contend next year, even though we know they won't. They'll try, and you know that's that. Artie's thinking the owner of the Angels thinking that I mean he's the worst owner in all of baseball, by the way. It's not even close with how he micromanages everything. Doesn't allow his GMs. Look what Jerry Depoto's doing in Seattle. I mean, I know he gave up too much in the Reds deal, but I mean he's built a winner with Julio and. You know, now he has Luis Castillo, he has that whole roster because the Seattle owner is allowing him to work. Artie's a superstar driven guy. I respect it and you know, I but I just think he needs to let Perry Minashian do his thing and I think Perry would have traded Otani. I think this is an Artie thing. I mean, we've said before, it's probably in their best interest to trade him, but Artie was never going to let that happen, right? No, he's going to do everything he can to keep Otani for as long as he can and turn a profit. So like his best bet, his thinking is you got Neto, you drafted MLB-ready guys. Neto's going to be in the MLB next year, right? He's a great shortstop. You got him in the first round. Ben Joyce is going to be in the pen next year. You're going to have Iglesias. He's on, he has control for like four years. I know he hasn't had a great season, but he's still one of the best closers in the league. And they're thinking that like with Detmers' rise, they could get maybe a guy like Rodon in the offseason, maybe. I know he has, doesn't he have an opt-out, I feel like, if need be. I don't know if they could pay him because of Rendon, and obviously they need to save money just in case they can extend Shohei Otani. But, like, they got to get stuff done in the offseason. I think the only guy they move at tomorrow's deadline, if they move anybody, it's Cindergaard, right? Like, I think that's the guy. Because I think Iglesias' value is at an all-time low. I don't think this is the right time to trade a guy with four years of team control, especially if they're going to try and contend again next season, which it looks like they'll try to do regardless of their awful farm system. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. I think... I think the one thing I know you said we said we've said that the the Mariners gave up a lot for Castillo. I mean, if you look at if you pull up any team's top ten prospect list from pick a random yeah. year, it looks great on paper. But a lot of those guys, of don't, pan guys don't pan out. Like look at C.J. Right? Abrams and Kellenick. Those guys were top, top what top 
three prospects that came to the league and they've struggled. And look, they could still pan out, but I get it. Like Castillo's a sure thing ace if he's given the right coaching. You yeah. know, at two, two at the worst, the number two starter at the worst. Well, guys, let's go back to let's go back to football. We talked about a lot about the Chargers and the Rams, but there is another team in Vegas um, that has high hopes this season as well um, in the Las Vegas Raiders. After trading for Devonte Adams this season, this offseason, sorry, how does Vegas fare in the NF- in the AFC West, and what are your expectations for them? Yeah, so I'm actually pretty high on the Raiders. Um, they won what ten games last year without Devontae Adams, uh, right? Yeah, right? They made right. the walk. I mean, I know they're in a tougher division. I think they went about the same, 10 or 11. I think Devontae brings, I mean, Derek Carr is, one the, I, I think he's so disrespected around the league, like that people are going to like move on from this. Are you kidding me? He's a top 12 quarterback in the NFL. Like, come on. Like, what are you talking about? The guy had like 40, what's 46, 4,700 yards last year with Hunter Renfro as his guy. They didn't even get Darren Waller the ball. Everyone was like guarding Darren Waller extremely well. Renfro killed year. it for my fantasy last year. Too, I know. So. Ren- Renfro's a Thank beast. You, <laughs> I know. Renfro's a beast. Um, and look, I he's going to get obviously a drop in production this year, Renfro, a little bit because Devontae's the guy. I love this. I don't see as big as of a drop off from Rodgers to Carr as most people think. Like I think I think Carr is really good. I think Carr is great, and I think that's a guy in fantasy. Like if you're willing to wait on a quarterback to the sixth, seventh round, like that's gonna be. I mean, the Raiders are gonna be great offensively next season. Great, like the, elite. The Raiders. The Raiders season is gonna come down to how they do outside of their their divisional games. So yeah, outside yeah. of the AFC West, yeah. they play the NFC West, which isn't easy. And well, play, two games and, are hard. Two and, games are easier. Especially if they do they play yeah. Hopkins before he comes back because that's a free win. They play no, they play the Cardinals. Yeah, they play Cardinals in week two, so so they'll win that. So they game. should win that game, but then they play the AFC South, which they should take care of at least all of those teams, three or four of those of those. They'll games, be Tennessee right? too. I mean, Tennessee's going to have a little bit of a drop off. They'll beat honestly. Jacksonville. They'll beat Houston. They should probably beat Indianapolis. I have no idea. I, I, I don't. That's, that's my team this year that I have no don't, idea. Don't sleep on Jacksonville, by the way. Like Trevor Lawrence is still that guy, and he's going to show that this no, year. No, I think with Jacksonville's going to be much better. They're going to have six wins at least. I think it'll be much better, but I don't think that that's a team that should be. Oh yeah, they're not going to beat the Raiders, but. Um, but I, I'm I'm high on Derek Carr. Um, he's been in he's been put in terrible situations ever yeah. since he's been in the league. Um, and, and you know I, he's he's kind of one of those like neutral quarterbacks where like people don't really know how to feel. Like it's like him, Tannehill, like Kirk Cousins, but like, I think he's, he's the best of those guys. three. I don't think it's Jimmy. Close. Like he's yeah. the best of those like, I, four. I, I think his talent, talent wise, his, his tools are better. And you add Devonte Adams, it's going to open things up. Um, I mean him, him, Devonte or Devonte Adams, Hunter Renfro, Josh Jacobs, Darren Waller, Derek Carr. Dynamic. Top fifth, top 15 defense in the league. Easy. Yeah, with Cosby, should be able to get it done as long as you take care of the games that you have to that you should win. As long as they don't stumble along the way or suffer a major injury, I think they're a 10-11 win team. So who's the team? Who's the odd team out in that division? Denver. I think it's I think it's Denver. I'm not I'm not sold on Denver yet. I know a lot of people are really high on Denver because their defense is is tops in the league and and they've got the tools. But I'm not I'm not sold on Denver yet. For sure. I mean, who, so who do you guys have in the AFC West then? Chargers. Chargers. Ch- Chargers. Chargers. Chiefs. Raiders. No, Broncos. Chiefs. Peop, yeah, Chiefs still have Pat, but Tyreek losing Tyreek's big loss. Huge. Yeah. No, I, I 100% agree with you guys. I definitely am going. I mean, I'm on a high for for the Chargers. Obviously, um, just all the improvements that they've made. But let's. Um, that's all the time we have for today, guys. Uh, good show. Let's do it again tomorrow. Until then, this is the Arash Markazi show, saying stay safe and stay healthy. West side. Let's go.
This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. for the cash, so it's hard to knock it. Everybody got their own thing, currency chasing. Worldwide through the hard times, worrying faces. Shed tears as we bury brothers. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.